Please turn to Numbers 12. Numbers 12 starting at verse 1 and I'll read through verse 15. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. So they said, Had the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forward. Then he said, Hear now my words. Is there a prophet among you? I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So the anger of the Lord was aroused against them, and he departed. And when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous as white as snow. Then Aaron turned toward Miriam, and there she was, a leper. So Aaron said to Moses, O my Lord, please do not lay this sin on us, in which we have done foolishly, and in which we have sinned. Please do not let her be as one dead, whose flesh is half consumed when he comes out of his mother's womb. So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, Please heal her, O God, I pray. Then the Lord said to Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, would she not be shamed seven days? Let her be shut out of the camp seven days, and afterward she may be received again. So Miriam was shut out of the camp seven days, and the people did not journey till Miriam was brought in again. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it, uh, it serves as illustrations to us and it educates us on how you view sin, how you view us. So we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to learn. Pray that you would guide us by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So here in verse 1, we have Miriam and Aaron speaking against Moses and the ostensible cause for which they're speaking is because he had married an Ethiopian woman. It says it right there. They spoke against him because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. But what is it that they said? They said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And so is the reason that they gave for their complaint really what was at root in their heart, making them bitter. No, no, it wasn't. What was in their heart was envy, jealousy. So they just sought occasion to undermine his authority in this way, and they just chose something that was rather obvious, that he had married outside of the Semitic faith. So now God apparently had not criticized Moses for this, God had selected Moses for this, so he didn't view him marrying Ethiopian woman as a big deal. So now, this real reason then is what God sees. It says, Had he not spoken through us also, and the Lord heard it. Then we read these words. 
Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Now we know that those parentheses are not in the Hebrew. And so this is what is being conveyed, though. It is this innermost thought. Now, let me share with you something that I find very, very funny about this. Moses wrote these words. So he's very humble, even if he does say so himself. <laughs> so see, we know these words are inspired. Moses wouldn't have written them. Did he have difficulty writing them? I don't know. But we all know Moses wrote the first five books. I mean, that's not in dispute. So it is interesting. So it makes me wonder whether uh, Joshua, who then was to have written the subsequent books, didn't come back under inspiration and insert that little parenthetical phrase. Maybe, maybe uh, Moses didn't write it. But anyway, I'm just, I'm just making fun now. But we know that these men were inspired, and here Moses was commending himself in these words. So now, what does God do? God heard it. God didn't like what he heard. And so then he's, he says, Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out you three. I want you to pay attention to this. Come out you three to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. Then he came down and called Aaron and, and Miriam, and they went forward. So we go from three to two. And then he gives them this verbal rebuke. The pillar of cloud lifts, and now she's singled out. So we went from three to two to one. And then, we, and then we have this happen. So Aaron said to Moses, Oh, my Lord, please do not lay this sin on us in which we've acted foolishly. So see, he's embracing the fact that he's sinned. And he's saying that what God has done to her has in effect been done to him. So he's embracing ownership of this. And then Moses cries out to the Lord. So see, we went from three to two to one, back to two, back to three. I just kind of want you to notice that because it is how sin affects us in our oneness, in our individuality, and yet in our community. So this affects them all, and they all have to wait seven days. So now it's way beyond the three. It's affected everybody, everybody that is in this whole tribe. They're all having to wait because of this sin. Now, what is the sin? Let's name it. It's rebellion, right? It's rebellion. We uh, saw the movie, Tabitha and I saw the movie yesterday, Maze Runner. And one of the things that struck me about that movie was the extent to which lawful authority and obedience or disobedience to that lawful authority was really just sprinkled throughout the whole movie. It, it, it fed into the whole entire plot. So there was this respect for authority, and yet there was a legitimate concern that the laws that the authority had uh, created were not complete, were not correct, what do we do about it? There appeared to be no way to change the law in that little society in that movie. And so see, here we have the same thing. We have rebellion against authority. Miriam and Aaron have been along with Moses on all of this, yet it does not prevent them from going beyond the bounds of where God had placed them. They wanted more. They'd had a taste of power. They see Moses with the power, and they want it too. See, challenging authority is just pervasive in our society. And so we know now what's going down all around the country and has been for months now. There is this challenging of the authority of police power in this country. 
there is this section of society that's saying police have gone too far. Their methods are too strong now. They don't allow for any opposition to them. We're becoming a police state. That's their concern. And at the other end, you've got people saying, yes, but if we, if we don't allow the police to do that, we're going to go into chaos and anarchy. So you've really got both extremes, both concerns being played out right now in our society. You've got the fear on both sides, the fear here of police power, the fear here of hoodlum power. And I think both have legitimate concerns and it polarizes them to where they don't want to hear even the facts related to each of the cases as it's playing out. Don't bother me with the facts. That was a white man, that was a black man, that's enough I need to know. Case closed. So see, we see rebellion pervasive in our society. And we ourselves are challenged to rebel. What are the Jews in the midst of doing? Rebelling, collectively. Every last one of them is with God rebelling against Egyptian hegemony over them. So see, God knits us together into this world in such a way where there are things that we ought to obey and there are things that we ought to rebel against. The key is to get them right. Now I want to read to you Psalm 95, or at least portions of Psalm 95. It will be so familiar to you. But let me start at the middle of uh, verse 7, at the end of verse 7. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. And that's where we are, in the midst of the rebellion. As in the day of trial in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me, they tried me, though they saw my work. For 40 years I was grieved with that generation and said, it is a people who go astray in their hearts and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. So God does not tolerate rebellion. He expects obedience to what? To his law, to himself. And let's read from earlier in Psalm 95, because this is what precedes what I just read. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. So see, that is given, and then it is explained what happens if you don't do that. We must submit to God. He is not the one that we are to rebel against. And even when we do choose to rebel, we must rebel in conformity to his will, not in conformity to our own will. So our opinions may vary as to when it is time to rebel, yet they should be guided by Scripture. They should be guided by God and not by our own passions, our own often sinful emotions. So when we come to the table, we come and lay ourselves down before God. We, we admit that we are His. We are His to lead. We are His to guide. We are His to rule. And we are not rebelling. It's the opposite of rebelling. We are serving gladly and we are submitting to his authority. And so this should be indicative of what we do all week long between times that we partake of this communion. We submit to God for now and always. Let's pray. 
Father, we thank you for the fact that you guide us with wisdom through when it is appropriate to rebel and when it is not. And that is the problem that arose with Miriam and Aaron. They chose the wrong time to rebel. They chose the wrong person to rebel against. And so, Lord, we pray, grant us wisdom, the wisdom that apparently they lacked at that time and in that day. We want to submit to your authority, Lord. We bow before you, enter into this covenant uh, with you anew, afresh. Every time we partake of the bread and the wine, we admit that we are without hope apart from you and the sacrifice of Christ. So we thank you, Lord, for your gift to us. In Christ's name and for his sake, amen.